listening to Nathan Out Loud. I'm your host, Nathan Trainer. Thank you for listening to Nathan Out Loud. You can follow this podcast on my website, NathanOutloud.com. You can also find me on Twitter at NathanOutloud, and please email your comments and suggestions to me at comments at NathanOutloud.com. Later in the show, an interview and song by artist Tom Goss, and coverage on the May 28th The Rob, Arnie, and Dawn Morning Show in Sacramento, California, that aired a highly offensive segment that caused a lot of shock and disgust. But first, my interview with Tom from the Ramble Redhead Show. Well, I am very excited to have on the show today uh, Tom from the Ramble Redhead Show. Uh, you can find that on iTunes and at rambleredhead.com. Welcome to the show. Hello. How are you? Doing really well. How are you? Good. Good. Just trying to stay cold. It hit a, or cool. It hit 106 today in Phoenix. So. Ooh, a heat wave. Yeah, it's warming up. Summer's coming. Well, that's good. You can yeah. have it. I, <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. It's so thoughtful of you. Yeah, I'm a giver. Yes, I can tell. So, Tom, tell us a little bit. Um, I, first off, um, focus of my show generally is telling a coming out story. Um, and just want to hear a little bit about your coming out story uh, and how you feel that uh, kind of works into your show, uh, the Ramble Redhead show. Sure. Um, are you talking about any coming out story or? Well, yours specifically. You know, okay. Well, basically, um, for me, because um, I grew up during the 80s when I went to in high school. And, you know, obviously during that time, it was a little much different than what it is today. And so, therefore, especially, you know, because I'm from Indiana, northern Indiana. And the thing is, is that, um, you know, during that time, you know, if you came out as gay, it was a big taboo type thing. And, you know, I got, you know, to be honest with you, I had a lot of harassment in junior high and high school um, because people thought I was gay. Um, whether or not, you know, I was at the time. And so the thing was, I mean, of course, I knew at that young age that I was gay. But as far as coming out, I really didn't do it until I was like in my very early 20s uh, to like family and with with friends. And uh, basically, um, for me, it was a really difficult time for me to accept the fact that I was gay and then to fact to actually say it to somebody. And so like with my family, it basically all started with my sister um, because I was with my partner at my very first partner at the time. And uh, we, we were together over 13 years total. Um, but at, when I was about 24, 25 is when this happened. And um, the, the ironic thing was that, that my ex and I at the time, we loved to travel and we were, um, going everywhere. And the year or two before that, my sister um, had wanted to tag along. And so she did. And then basically after that first trip, she just constantly was uh, nagging about going on another trip. And so we were planning going to New York to visit some friends. And, um, and, and see, prior to that, um, she would come over and we'd go to movies or go out to dinner and do whatever. And at the time, my ex and I were looking to buy a house. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was we were looking and there was a particular house that my ex liked, but I didn't like it because um, at the time, since I wasn't out, we were like, you know, the quote unquote roommates. And so we were looking at different places and I thought that this particular place was 
a very huge main bedroom, but the, the other bedroom was really small, like for a kid. Uh-huh. And, and I kept thinking, well, there's no way that we could pass this off as a roommate situation since the room size are so dramatic. And I think looking back, I think my ex did this on purpose because he invited my sister to come over to look at the place and then he had to go do some errands and then so it's just my sister and I and then the next thing my sister goes well I just can't believe that you two like that particular house because the one bedroom is so small in comparison to the other and if you are quote-unquote roommates and then all of a sudden she says well are you guys more than just roommates and I just smiled and because I figured of all the people that I would come out to first I figured it would be her because she and I um, or very close. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, I finally said, okay, yes, I am gay. Yes, he's my partner. And the, the thing that was so kind of weird is that here she is asking the question, but then after I confirmed it to her, you know, she started crying mm-hmm. and she's like, well, don't you think you ought to live someplace else? It's more accepting and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, except for, you know, school and, you know, one other time when I was in Hawaii on vacation, I really hadn't had a whole lot of, negative, um, you know, comments regarding me being gay. So, but it it took a while for her to, you know, come to terms with it. Mm -hmm. And then the thing, as far as with my folks, you know, my sister had asked, well, have you told the folks yet? And I said, no, I'm going to. And, and then fast forward about a few months and she, that's the reason why I brought up the New York trip was because she went on the trip with us. And then I told her ahead of time that we're going to be hanging out with a gay couple. We're going to be – one night we're going to be going to the you know the Gary of New York and we're going to go see a play and we're going to do all this stuff. And I said, you're welcome to go, but if you don't want to go, um, then the hotel that we're staying at – um, has everything that you can do to keep you busy for one evening. And, you know, she was hem hauling around and then finally she did. And then afterwards the trip went over, I was really wondering how she was going to explain all this that we did, all the things that we did to my folks. Right. And so then the next thing you know, I'm on the phone with my mom and after the trip and I said, Oh, what, what did my sister say about the trip? And she goes, Oh, she had a great time and blah, blah, blah. And I said, Well, did she say anything else? And she said, Because we went to see a play that Whoopi Goldberg was in at the time. And then we went to go see this gay thing. And, and I said, what did she think about the place that we went to see? And she goes, oh, well, she said the one about Whippy Goldberg. And then she said about the other one, she said it was really different. And I basically knew right then and there that I think I knew that my sister had said something to my mom about me being gay. Right. And so then I immediately called her and I confronted her on it and I found out that she did because at, I guess at some point after the trip, she had gotten mad at me. And so she thought by uh, telling my folks that maybe they would be mad and, you know, and so she, I, I think in some way, I think she was hoping that maybe my folks wouldn't accept it or something. But, um, but my folks, you know, they were very cool. I mean, they basically knew. They knew that my ex and I would have been together. We were living together. You know, they, they weren't stupid, and they put yeah. the, two, the two together. But thing for me, you know, you know, always worried about, you know, you know, obviously you always want your family to be there for you and you want your friends. And, you know, so that was really a, you know, a tough time for me. And then I basically sat down with my mom and we talked and we cried and, uh, you know, but she said, Sam, no matter what, you know, I'm going to love you, you know, no matter who you are, what you are or whatever. So it was, it was a very touching thing. And so, and basically that kind of led into why I do the show that I do is because I interview a lot of great people in our GLBT community as well as our allies, straight allies to, you know, talk about their lives, what they're doing, how they're helping within the community or, 
you know, outside. And basically that's what I wanted to do is try to get people, you know, you know, other guests to come on the show and talk about their lives and their coming out stories and, you know, how they met their partners and, you know, those kind of things so that, you know, younger people hopefully can learn from those and my story and hopefully be able to live their lives a much better, happy, healthier way and, uh, you know, not go through the trauma or the, the, the years that I went through. And so basically, you know, I'm rambling too much there, but I no, took a long no, time. But- <laughs> But but basically that's the reason why I, I do my show the way I do it because I, I just want to provide a voice to some of these people who are not in a big city like New York or whatever, you know, so that maybe someone who's in Iowa or someone who's in the middle of nowhere that, you know, feels like they're the only one. Yeah, and- I think that that's definitely important. You know, it it also kind of makes people feel like they're not in it alone, you know, that they're yeah. not the only one going through this. Um you know, and I think that's incredibly important. So, yeah, and you know, and I know that I, you know, I've been doing the show for almost almost four years. Will be four on the end of August, and yeah, and the thing up on number three hundred, I noticed. Yeah, that's another milestone. I'm excited awesome. about. Yeah, I should have been there a long time ago, but I, um, you know, life gets in the way sometimes. But uh, but one of the things that I, I'm really proud of is when I get an email from someone that says, "Hey, I listened to the show and." And this is what I did because of your show, you know, and I've had many people say that they, you know, did exactly that. They came to terms with their own sexuality or whoever they were and they told people. And I had the one that really touched me the most was this 19-year-old kid who lived in York and he had listened to quite a few of my shows. And he would listened to this other 19-year-old that I had interviewed. Um, And I want to give a big plug to a a great organization called uh, the Point Foundation, if you're not familiar with it. It's a um, site that what they do is they help provide scholarships to GLBT youth who have been kicked out or, um, you know, are not able to have the funds due to their families disowning them, whatever. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they provide them education and then mentors and they help them after they're done with school to help them with job placement, things like that. And then what they have to do in order to pay it forward is they have to then become part of the program and helping, you know, the next class or the next generation. So it's really um, quite phenomenal. Well, this 19-year-old had listened to this 19-year-old who was a Point Foundation scholar, and uh, he basically, you know, realized that hey, he could relate to this other 19-year-old. And then he came out to his folks and to his grandmother. And then he decided because I was talking about going back to school at one point, and I said, if you guys, you know, if you're young, you know, go get your education now and get it over with. And so he decided and he took that advice and went back to school. And then because he went to school, he met this other guy and they started dating. And so his whole life completely changed, you know, just by being proactive after listening to a couple of my shows. So, so, so if I stop my show today, um, at least I helped that one guy. So it's, uh, it was just very phenomenal. And I've been getting a bunch of different things like that happening. So it, it's really amazing. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I'm sure you saw Milk, the movie. And I think oh, yeah. one of the most moving parts was where Harvey Milk got the phone call from the kid, I think from Minnesota or Wisconsin that said his family was going to send him away. And, uh, you know, he ended up calling uh, a while later and he had actually gotten away and didn't go to the, you know, the religious camp or whatever they were going to send him to try and fix him, you know, he actually ended up doing good for the community. So, yeah, you know, it's things like that. Just touching one life, you know, definitely by telling a story is, is important. And yeah. Uh, so, so you, on your show, you interviewed, I mean, I've 
listened to several. Uh, your interview with Lieutenant Dan Choi uh, from Nights Out was incredible. Um, he just is such a hero. Um, yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, I heard you interviewed Ant and you've interviewed several um, other people in the GLBT community. Uh, do you have a favorite or a top five or how do you how do you rank, rank those? Well, as far as you know, like the bigger names, I'd have to say the ones that stand out for me would be the one with Kate Clinton, uh, Leslie Jordan, um, and Jason Stewart. I mean, those have all, um, you know, have been really powerful because it's it's just amazing that I mean, my show is not a huge huge show, but the thing is, it's amazing how these people are willing to take the time to be on the show uh, because they they understand the message that I'm trying to do. And especially the one with uh, Leslie Jordan, it was really touching because he told a lot of stories that, that I hadn't found elsewhere, um, especially the one about his father. If you if you want to go back, you can listen to every single episode that I've done since day one. Um, you can go to the website, and uh, there's a little player there you can do, or you can download it, whatever you want. But but those probably stood out the most for me. But as far as the other people, um, probably the one that I – the one particular – a uh, couple that I had talked with, uh, name of Tim and Jean. They live up in Michigan. Um, they're a gay couple that have been getting together for over 25 years plus. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they're both former military. They, they, and they were very, very active in the state of Vermont with GLBT rights, you know, years ago. And Ms. Alice Langford. And it, it was really touching because here's this old elderly woman that had went to church and her pastor had said, you know, why don't you do something outside of your your core of living, like your family and your friends, and do something to help the community? And, and at the time, many many years ago, um, Indianapolis had a clinic that was there for people who were HIV or had AIDS. And so, what she did is she went there and volunteered, and uh, she's been doing it for many years. And then, what she did is she created a a program that's out of her home. That what she does is um, once or twice a month. Um, what she does throughout the year is that she has the dinner at her home and she invites all these people who are HIV positive or have AIDS and invites them to come to her home and have a home cooked meal. And they have like a, like if it's in the summer, they do dances and stuff. And, you know, it's just a, a great way that she is able to help these people. And she was so touching on that show. It was, it's one of the highlights for me. So it just shows you how one person can, you know, you know, have such a great effect. So yeah. it was quite, quite amazing. That's great. And there are mm-hmm. so many stories out there, you know, I mean, I, yeah. as I'm starting, I'm on, it's, you're number four, so I'm a little bit behind you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but as I, you know, talk to more people and kind of spread the word on the show, I'm just amazed at how everybody has kind of that one or, you know, two or three people in their life that really touch them. And, you know, it was basically just them showing interest or telling their story, you know, that, that was able to help them through a really hard time. So, yeah, it's important. It is. So what do you have coming up on the Rainbow Redhead show? Well, I, I have a lot of um, writers and directors and uh, more actors and musicians. Um, now what's happening is I'm getting a lot of people who have been on the show already and they're wanting to come back. They have a new CD, a new movie, new book, whatever, and they're calling me and asking, begging me to be back on the show. So it's kind of oh, funny. Nice. Normally <laughs> normally it's the other way around. Normally I'm the one stalking them and yeah. begging and pleading, but now they're – 
uh, they're seeing the results of the show and how people all over the world are listening and, and responding, you know. And so now they're writing me and sending me books and stuff. So it's really a, a really a treat. So I'm hopefully going to have Caitlin on again. Um, I also have uh, Wayne Benson, who's very active in the gay community. He's been all over uh, the news. Um, he's been very vocal in the GLBT community and Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Um, and I also um, interviewed an author by the name of Robin Reardon, who's written a lot of two great books. And uh, she's quite amazing. And the funny thing is her name is Robin Reardon. And when I did some research because I found the book first and I really didn't know anything about the author and I found out that – and I thought, oh, this is a, gay, uh, a gay man writing a book about a gay teen. Well, then I find out that what it is, it's a straight woman who's writing the book as a gay teenager. Oh, and wow. uh, and it was just phenomenal and uh, you know, just hearing her perspective – you know, and why she decided to do it, and it's it's just phenomenal stuff. So, um, I can't wait to post that. And then also, I have other podcasters uh, that I'm interviewing as well um, to come up in the near future because I like to do that too. I like to promote um, fellow podcasters who are part of the GLBT community and our allies. And uh, you know, because obviously, you know, my show would never would have started without the help of other people. So again, I just wanted to pay it forward, That's and great. hopefully get more people like yourself you know i'd like to get you on the show sometimes so. yeah absolutely i appreciate you yeah. taking the time to be on my show um yeah. and i've you know just reading yours put you i've found um so many other podcasters and bloggers and you know just yep. so many people that are really out fighting a good fight for the community which is exciting so yeah well i really appreciate you being on the show and no again problem. RambleRedhead.com. Uh, also, you can find the podcast on iTunes. And as I always do, I will definitely put a link to uh, all of that information on my website at NathanOutloud.com. Thanks again for being on the show. No problem, Nathan. Thank you. Today we're lucky to have Tom Goss on the show. And Tom released a new album called Back to Love that he's been out on tour, was on the Rock the Folk Out tour, and is still touring the East Coast. Thanks for joining us, Tom. Thank you for having me. Well, it's a pleasure. So I met you while you were here in Tempe for the Rock the Folk Out tour, and from what I understand, you've been driving across the country since then. Yeah, I actually, actually, uh, I'm in the car right now, but I had just gotten home. Um, after nine weeks and 16,722 miles. Um, so it was, uh, was, uh, uh, 50, 64 cities for me, which is great. And, uh, I'm, I, you know, I was home for four days and I'm back on the road again. So I'm tired. Yeah, I can imagine. That's a lot of traveling. <laughs> a lot yeah. of hours in the car. Yeah, a lot of hours. So the new CD is Back to Love, and we'll get to that in a second. I wanted to talk to you a bit about being an out artist. Um, you released, this is your third album. Uh, yeah. You Your first album came out in 2006. Uh-huh. And uh, that album came out, you were already out at that point, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, think, I think to be the... the uh, being an artist can be more more than being directly reflective in my music. It shapes the way that I perceive the world. So, I mean, I don't I don't write in, intentionally 
to a gay audience or from or to an out audience um, or as citing from a person's perspective. But the fact of the matter is that is that is case. I am an I am an out artist. Mm-hmm. And so I think it I think it changes the way that I see see love, but it changes the way that I see justice, and it changes the way that I see truth. Um, I tend to I tend to work very hard to write in a way that is uh, uh, that is for everybody. So uh, so I don't think it changes the the uh, exact of my uh, of my writing here though. <laughs> I can't imagine those are very good for the recording. No problem. <laughs> but it, but it does change. It, it does change my perception. And, uh, you know, of course, I'm madly in love as well, um, and that happens to be to a man. So, uh, so yeah, you know, being out and being gay is something that is beautiful to me because it comes with also being in love, being engaged, being being a part of something very special. That's great. Yeah, I I definitely think that, you know, there's this perception that to be an out artist, you, you know, like you said, you're not singing to just a gay audience and you're not performing to a gay audience. So, uh, you know, I'm sure it's changed a lot over the last uh, decade or so in terms of how, uh, the audience and you know who you're performing yeah. for. So, and I think it's also typically typically assumed that when you're writing as an artist, you're writing something tragic. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 for me, you know, the process of coming out wasn't tragic. It was, I was more relieved than anything because I just thought I was kind of. Asexual robot wandering the world, mm-hmm. uh, and that's not a it's not a fun thing to be. So, so for me, you know, politics and tragedy of and the tragedy of of unacceptance um, among some people as, and uh, equal rights and the government at large, so on and so forth, where they they can can be touched on in my music. Mm-hmm. Um, in, 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 in a less direct way, it's more often than not about, about my success and my, my love life. So, um, yeah, it's great. That is great. You grew up in Wisconsin. Uh, did you come from a religious family or? No, I wouldn't say so. I mean, I grew up in Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is, um, which is the southeast corner of the state, in between Milwaukee and Chicago. And it's, it's a, it's a nice small little city. And I wouldn't say that I had a religious family. I, I think that my family is a really accepting family, but also a very competitive family. Hmm. So, you know, my, my, my mom's family is Italian, and they're from Chicago, and my dad, you know, from this little small farming town in the middle of Illinois. And so it's definitely like clash of two very different cultures in, in that way. But growing up in that, you know, I got to I got to learn a lot of things. I got to eat a lot of food. We were never afraid to do anything, and uh, um, and always pushing the envelope. 
as as to as to somebody being comfortable in the skin they're in, or comfortable in the things they're trying or the food they're eating. And so I think, um, and being really competitive in doing so, you know, I can eat, I can eat chicken feet, raw chicken feet, can you eat raw chicken feet, something like that. <laughs> Question is, I mean, a lot of it revolves around food. I have not figured that out yet. But, um, so yeah, yeah, I, I love my family. I love my, I love going up with them and I love Kenosha. Um, you know, it's not the place for me to be right now. But uh, it was a great place to grow up. You can find more information on Tom's music and concert dates on his website, tomgossmusic.com. His latest CD, Back to Love, is also available on iTunes. From that, we get Till the End on Nathan Out Loud. And taking it easy just like a Sunday afternoon, you're driving me crazy, like you always seem to do, so I call you lazy, and you snooze the day away. Sinking swiftly through those dreams of bittersweets, take your fears and you can lay them at my feet cause I swear that I'm here till the end It's not the same as what your God says You see, he truly is to blame for what is nonsense Cause God is love and love is good Sinking swiftly through those dreams of bittersweets Take your you do your eyes are glow now you see my face look back at you it's what we know now it's for what we've always yearned sinking swiftly Till the end.
Welcome back to Nathan Out Loud. I'm your host, Nathan Trainer. On May 28th, the Rob and Arnie and Don show in Sacramento, California, aired a highly offensive segment that caused a lot of shock and disgust. KRXQ radio hosts Rob Williams and Arnie States spent more than 30 minutes making crude and dehumanizing comments promoting abuse against transgender children. It began when they discussed a story about an Omaha family supporting their transgender child and her transition. After GLAD, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, issued a call to action, the radio show finally called back and promised that Rob and Arnie would respond to their offensive segment. GLAD also spoke with radio host Don Rossi, who defended the transgender people on the highly problematic segment. In their follow-up show, Rob and Arnie failed to apologize for their remarks. With that, GLAD reissued the call to action, which currently remains active. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender advocates have also taken notice and are frustrated over the segment and the host's failure to apologize. They have taken it upon themselves to make their voices heard. Through social networking tools like Facebook and Twitter, the word is getting out, and thousands of people from around the world have contacted KRXQ and their advertisers. At this point, nine advertisers have pulled their ads from the radio station. It seems the pressure that has been put on the advertisers and the station is finally causing them to take notice, and they're planning a follow-up call with GLAD to further discuss the situation. In the meantime, please go to glad.org to take action by contacting both the station and their advertisers. Again, that is glaad.org for updates and to take action. Well, that's it for episode four. Thank you for listening. I would also like to thank my producer, Patrick, and Tom from the Ramble Redhead Show, and Tom Goss for being a part of this episode of Nathan Out Loud. Please be sure to check out NathanOutloud.com for the latest updates on this podcast. Also, follow me on Twitter at NathanOutloud, and be sure to email me your comments and suggestions at comments at NathanOutloud.com. Plus, don't forget to subscribe to Nathan Out Loud on iTunes. And remember, come out, be out, and live out loud. We'll talk to you soon on Nathan Out Loud.